Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist, 
on this, the ninth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Almighty God, who sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and light of your church, open our hearts to the riches of your grace, that we may bring forth the fruit of the Spirit in love and joy and peace, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book Exodus. The whole congregation of the people of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness and said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. And Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your murmurings. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked towards the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the murmurings of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay round about the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as hoarfrost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
reading from the letter to the Ephesians. I, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all lowliness and meekness, with patience, forbearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is he who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And his gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the cunning of men, by their craftiness in deceitful wiles. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every joint with which it is supplied, when each part is working properly, makes bodily growth and upbuilds itself in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. When the people saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were at the place where Jesus had given the bread, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labour for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him has God the Father set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. My father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. About 30 years ago, we were in the process of purchasing a house when there was a last-minute legal complication which set back the completion date, rendering us temporarily homeless. We ended up renting a room with a marvellously hospitable, very open, but rather wacky Polish family who took in boarders. Interestingly, there was really only one rule in their house, which was an unusual one, which was that on no account was any resident to throw away bread. You could throw away anything else, any other kind of food, anything from lasagna to cornflakes, but never ever bread. And there was a story behind that. Because when she was a young child during the Second World War, the Polish woman with whom we were staying had been taken from her home by Soviet troops, put into a cattle truck with her family and other members of her community, and deported to Uzbekistan, where they were simply dumped in a field in the middle of nowhere with nothing, no food, 
no shelter. She remembers a hunger so desperate that some around her were reduced to trying to eat grass and leaves. The one thing that they all craved, above all else, herself included, was bread. And that memory was so powerful and so formative that she never, ever took bread for granted, and she could not bear to see anybody else waste it. In the Bible, bread is of immense significance on all kinds of levels. In our reading from the book of Exodus this morning, the Lord rains bread from heaven for the Israelites, who are lamenting their departure from captivity in Egypt, where they point out they had their fill of the loaves. In the Gospels, Jesus talked a lot about bread, as well as doing some very significant things with it, feeding 5,000 people with five loaves, teaching his followers a prayer that included the phrase, give us this day our daily bread. And in our Gospel reading today, identifying himself as being living bread, a bread that brings life. And in addition, of course, we have that strangest of incidents which we commemorate today as we do every single Sunday in this Eucharistic service when, at the Last Supper, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so, in obedience to his commandment, that is what we do here every single Sunday. So when the Bible speaks about bread in these highly significant ways, both literally and symbolically, it is not simply referring to any old kind of food, but rather to something that is so fundamental to human existence that we cannot survive without it. For those of us who have grown up within the church, the Eucharist, the Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, is so familiar that we probably don't pause very often to reflect on quite how weird it is a thing for us to do together, let alone how weird it must have been in Jesus' own day. So let's pause and think about it for a moment. Bearing in mind that Judaism has very strict guidelines about what can and cannot be consumed, particularly where flesh and blood are concerned, the suggestion that 2,000 years ago you could give an observant Jew a piece of bread, inform him that it was the flesh of the person who gave it to him, and then command him to eat it, was not merely morally and aesthetically abhorrent, but outrageous, shocking. And yet we know without any shadow of doubt that Jesus actually did that very strange thing at the Last Supper and commanded his disciples, good Jews, every single one of them, to repeat that action in remembrance of him. We know for certain that Jesus actually did that weird thing, firstly because it's so utterly bizarre that nobody would make it up, but also because testimony to it happening is everywhere 
There are references to it all over the New Testament. Three of the Gospels and St. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, describe that actual incident at the Last Supper. And the fourth Gospel is so soaked in Eucharistic imagery that we can be in no doubt that its author assumed that its readers had full knowledge of the blessing, breaking, and sharing of bread and wine at the Last Supper, and so his readers would make the connection. It didn't need to be spelt out. And we also know from the earliest historical sources that the Eucharist was indeed celebrated by Christians from ancient times. So what on earth was Jesus doing at the Last Supper, and why? At this point, I want you to forget completely all the complex debates of the Reformation about what actually happens to the bread and wine at communion and how they are changed and all that stuff about transubstantiation and consubstantiation and instead just keep it very, very simple, which is what Jesus did. Think about it for a moment. At the Last Supper, Jesus is in his final meeting with his closest followers, knowing that what lies before him is his imminent arrest, trial, and execution. So, what parting gift does he give them? What instructions or guidance does he give them to follow once he has gone? He does something different altogether. What he does instead is to perform before them and share with them a symbolic act so powerful and so striking and so memorable that his followers would never, ever forget it. They might continue to argue for centuries about precisely what it meant, but they would never, ever forget that he did it, and indeed that he instructed them to continue doing it once he had gone, so they wouldn't forget it. Because that action of blessing, breaking, sharing and eating, and Jesus' charge to the disciples to do likewise, was the key he gave them to enable them to understand everything that was about to unfold, his passion, his death, his resurrection, and, looking backwards, also a new revelation about the true meaning of his ministry a ministry that was leading inexorably to his death. And the disciples were to take the reality of his sacrificial death to themselves through a means so tangible and so visceral and so physical that it entailed the symbolic consuming of his person, his broken body, his shed blood, broken and shared for them, for their forgiveness, as a sign of the power of his saving love. Take me not only to yourself, but into yourself, so that a flood of forgiveness and grace might be unleashed in the world anew. Take, eat, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. In the prologue to her book, Take This Bread, the American writer Sarah Miles describes how one day at the age of 46, she walked into a church, ate a piece of bread, took a sip of wine, 
and how that simple action changed her life forever. She was the child of avowed atheists who were deeply alienated from the church, so this was very unfamiliar territory for her. And yet, to quote her own words, it took actually eating a piece of bread, a simple chunk of wheat and yeast and water, to make food both absolutely itself and a sign pointing to something bigger. It turned out that the prerequisite for conversion wasn't how to behave in a church or having a religious vocabulary or an a priori belief in an abstract set of propositions. It was hunger, the same hunger I have always carried. That is what Jesus responds to. That is what Jesus does. He feeds us. He feeds us because we are hungry. He feeds us because he wants us to feed others. The bread of life that is Jesus Christ is not simply one item amongst many on an a la carte spiritual menu. It is something utterly fundamental to human existence, which is why no image other than bread can get close to describing it. We have lost touch with the true significance of bread as fundamental to life amidst the profligate choice of foodstuffs that are on offer even at the smallest corner supermarket here in the wealthy Western world. And by the same token, we can very easily miss the point that the spiritual significance of bread is every bit as essential. And for us who receive the bread from this altar Sunday by Sunday, it is not merely sustenance for our spiritual journey, it feeds us, but also, as the Eucharistic prayer reminds us, it is a foretaste of the heavenly banquet prepared for all people at the end of the age. It is a foretaste of the end of our journey. I shall leave you with the words of a short but very beautiful poem by Lorna Inman called Only a Broken Flask, in which she weaves together three gospel incidents and explores their significance the anointing of Jesus' feet by a woman who was an outcast, the Last Supper, and the crucifixion. And at the heart of this poem, a broken loaf. She writes this. Only a broken flask, but through her love, a fragrance stole upon the evening air, and Christ was honoured there. Only a broken loaf, but from his hands a food sufficient for the souls of men was offered to them then. Only a broken life, but from that cross a love to save the world went forth in power, born of his darkest hour. A flask, a loaf, a life with love infused. Are all things broken that are greatly used?
Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for the people of Germany who have suffered from devastating floods. We pray for the survivors. May they be comforted and healed the souls of those who lost their lives, the bereaved. We pray for the people of North America who have suffered from the effects of an extreme heat wave. May the essential infrastructure be rebuilt and the land replenished in these regions. We pray, dear Lord, that your guiding light will lead humankind towards a healing process, nursing our environment back to good health. We pray that climate change will not fuel inequality of opportunity and choice, but will be transformed into positive change. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray that those who speak up in the name of human rights are not belittled and scorned, deprived of their human rights. We pray for those who speak up for the sake of their conscience whether this be at work, paid or volunteer, in their community or in their own home. May they be treated with respect for suggesting the unmentionable. May their voices be heard and inspire justice. In this light, we pray especially for all those working in the media who, in the face of closed gates and wired fences, determined to keep us informed about the world around us. We pray for those who have suffered emotionally and psychologically from isolation, the autistic children whose social skills have weakened, the lonely who are more lonely, 
the lost who are more lost, may once again they experience the joy of camaraderie. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, as we attempt to restore what once was, help us to act with common sense, consistency and sound judgment. One person's freedom may be another person's fear. While some may find masks burdensome, others consider them reassuring. In light of the home community of St. Bride's, we pray for our Sunday Club children. We thank them for sharing their news and creations with our newsletter. We pray for Alison and Jeff, always there to offer solace. May they be comforted in their times of strife. We pray for our verger, our devoted staff, our church wardens, our PCC, the Guild of St. Brides, and our choir. We pray for the welfare of the online St. Brides community throughout the world. Dear Lord, help us to rise like the sun and air and the moon, and not let grief, confusion or fear take us down. Help us to learn from our darkened past. Let us never be deaf to the melody of hope that despite the ravages of disease and the elements, together we can make the world a better place. Thank you, dear Lord, for holding our hands. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. 
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Holy Father, who gathered us here round the table of your Son to share this meal with the whole household of God, in that new world where you reveal the fullness of your peace, gather people of every race and language to share in the eternal banquet of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.